you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to catch up on some sleep, we'd much rather you do it at home in your comfy bed than in our pews, which are just not that comfy if sleeping. But you can always catch up with us on the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like intergenerational community and inspiring music and all of the cookies that we devour after every worship service, but we're going to give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers, but we're our average pastor helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or, you know, just out celebrating Chris Mahana Kwanzaa a couple months late, uh, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up with a good cup of coffee and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we encourage you to think for yourself. We don't expect you to agree with everything we say, and we encourage you to question it, to disagree, to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. Hey, Chris. Hey, Susan. How was your Sunday? It was good. How was yours? It was good. Yeah. It was uh, the last Sunday before we begin Lent. Yep. So Lent starts on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. For many people, it's known as the day after Mardi Gras. <laughs> Hangover Wednesday. Hangover Wednesday. Mardi Gras in churches has turned into the Pancake Fest. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a ancient tradition. Ancient tradition. Is it really? Uh-huh. Shrove Tuesday. Okay. But Shrove, what does Shrove mean? Shrove is like the idea of getting rid of all the fat. So an easy way to get rid of fat is to make... Make really fatty foods. Yeah. Nice. Like pancakes and donuts and... All the good things. All the good things. Or if you're down in Nolens, you might indulge in other ways. Yes. Right. Or other parts of the world that have been influenced by those things, like uh, Brazil. Oh. Yeah. Does Brazil do a good Mardi Gras? They do um, Carnival, which is... Oh. Oh, interesting, because Spanish Carnival is after Easter. Yeah, but but I think it's it's a different thing. Yeah, so I think it's it's related in my head. Sorry. Anyway, we'll look that up later. If we're wrong, we'll just cut this section. Huh? Yeah, why not? Uh, so, so Ash Wednesday's on Wednesday. Yes. Which means this is the last Sunday before Lent starts, and Lent is I often describe it as like spring training for Christians. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. You know, the fifty days before, without counting Sundays. Forty days. Forty. Oh. <laughs> it's Monday. It is Monday. It's the forty days before 40 Easter, days. not counting Sundays. Every Sunday is a little resurrection. In the midst of the death. Exactly. So the way I describe it for people is we are entering the wilderness on purpose because, you know, sometimes you get lost in the wilderness and you can't help it. Some people love to go into the wilderness, but they have a plan. And for, for us, it's we're going into the wilderness because in the wilderness, it becomes very clear what we, feeds you, what keeps you living, mm-hmm. and what does not. Yeah. So when you're in the wilderness, you don't need a latte. You need water. Right. You don't need pancakes. You need good food that's going to keep you healthy. Yeah. And so... Kind of paring down to essentials. What do we need? And then what can we get rid of that's actually, perhaps without us even knowing it, draining our life away? And the last Sunday before Lent begins is Transfiguration Sunday. Which is where I picked up this week. Great. Because we hadn't, I don't think I did Transfiguration 
last year. Okay. You know, sometimes it's one of those ones that like sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It's, it's sort of like weird... Christ the King. Yeah. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. And so the lectionary this year has the Matthews, Matthews version of it in chapter 17, mm-hmm. verses 1 through 9. And where I got thinking about this week about that passage was awe and wonder. What is transfiguration? So transfiguration. So what happens in the story is that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on a mountaintop. And all of a sudden, he's shiny. Shiny Jesus. He's shiny Jesus. His clothes become white and he's shiny. And Moses and Elijah show up to have a conversation with him. And we don't hear like what that... Like you do. Like you do. But like, we don't hear what that conversation is. It's just that we have sort of this tableau. They're right? trying to figure out if the Pats were going to win the Super Bowl again. No, no, I don't think so. I think they were just... I think they were like, yeah, we got to show these guys what's going to happen. Ugh. I was yeah. having such a good nap, Moses was saying. That's what my theory is. <laughs> and then... Peter, being Peter, in his, like, whole heart thing, right, like, jumps in and says, oh, we should build some booths, and we should make monuments here, and let's do this thing. Yeah. And Jesus is like, yeah, no, that's not what we're going to do here. <laughs> Chill <laughs> it's out. not part of the plan, not Peter. Not part of the Take plan, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. And a voice from heaven, God says this is my my beloved with whom I'm well pleased and the you know the light is sort of turn- echoing the baptism thing. It totally echoes the baptism. We'll get to that. And we'll get to all the echoes. How's Ooh. that? The lights kinda turn off, everything turns back to normal and they walk down the hill and Jesus turns to them and goes, Don't tell anybody until you know, until the resurrection, basically. Wow. And it's sort of this like random little thing that happens in the middle of the text, right? In the middle of the story. Yeah. Right? Like life's chugging along as usual. And, and then Jesus is like, hey, let me show you this super, super cool freaky, trick I can do. supernatural thing. And then just pretend like that didn't happen. Right. But what I got thinking about in conversation with Bible study this week and just some, some of the reading I did was just thinking about awe and wonder. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I am most in awe and wonder about most frequently living here in Reno is how amazing our clouds are. Oh, yeah. Those of you who live in Reno, you understand what I'm saying. You, any direction you look many days, there are these amazing clouds forming. Well, and particularly this winter when we've had moisture, because with Reno, yeah. moisture is not always a thing. Right. But even, even I remember even last year when there wasn't as much moisture, you know, in the middle of the summer, we'll get amazing, like, thunder-like clouds. We get clouds. thunderstorms, yeah, because and of the Washoe Zephyr. There's yeah, so, a meteorological reason for that. Indeed, yes. Well, don't don't go there yet. Okay, sorry. And then I and and then I commented too that we we get these amazing sunsets and sunrises. Yeah. Right? Like how often like one or the other of us on our way to church on Sunday morning will text the other and go, "Did you see the sunrise? Did you see the sunrise today?" Right? Because that's really the only time I see that sunrise. But on Sunday morning. <laughs> on Sunday morning, I'm not up that early otherwise. <laughs> Thinking about how we we stand in awe of these things, and then we almost immediately do what you did. There's a meteorological reason, reason for, for that. that, right? Yeah. And um, one of the commentators I read, uh, I read talked about it as a, um, he called it a um, dust particle and moisture explanation. Like that we, we look at something in awe and then we want the scientific reason for it. Well, yeah. Well, and there's we nothing wrong it. with that. Oh, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Because that's how we discover things, right? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. And I'm we not go, saying hey, there's... that's weird. Let's yeah. figure that out. That there is, there is something wrong with that if we never sit in the wonder. Mm, if we don't enjoy it. If we don't enjoy that there's something that's magical, awe-inspiring, mysterious. And I think that one of the things about the transfiguration is that it's about sitting with mystery for a while. Hmm. 
Because here's this experience. It's a mystery. Why do we even have this? Why climb a mountain, Jesus? Why, why climb a mountain, Jesus? Why take these disciples? Why do you have to show this perspective on you? Like, why couldn't you just do that in the crowd? Right. Why couldn't you just say it? Why couldn't you just say it? Why, why, couldn't... why you gotta do the magic show? And why is there a secret about it? Excuse and so, me. It's not magic. Right. It's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, shout out to Arrested Development fans. Yeah, there Continue. you go. Continue. So what, where I went with that was like I'm thinking about that and thinking about why is it so important? Why does Matthew tell us this story? Why do we need to have this glimpse of the mysterious? Right. And why does it happen in the way it does? We are reminded that Matthew really loves Moses. Yes, he does. Matthew is the most Jewish of the Gospels. Right. So he really, really sees Jesus as the new Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the archetype that he is shaping how we understand who Jesus is right. into, right? Like the, great the whole leader. fleeing to Egypt. Right. Out of coming home, home. The slaughter of the infants. Right. Yeah. Right. right. All of that is in Matthew. And, and it's all a throwback to Exodus. Right. And so he's doing the same thing here in this passage, right? Okay. Because there's the holy mountain... Oh, yeah. There's voices from heaven. There's clouds. There's this light. It's like when Moses was talking to God mm-hmm. and said, let me see you. And, God's and God like, said, yeah, that's not going to happen. I will pass by you. You have, to, you have to hide behind a rock and peek through the crevices right. and I will show you my backside. Right. And God flashes Moses. Right. Or moons, moons him. him. He moons him. And Moses is cool with that. And then Moses glows for, I don't know, weeks right, afterwards. Right, right. You begin to see how that imagery has been playing, right? And even Peter's enthusiasm is a reference to the Festival of Booths, which is a remembrance of the wandering in the desert when yeah. you follow the pillar and the, and the cloud, right? right? So it's all like wound up in there. It's all connected. And you mentioned it too. Matthew isn't just connecting him to Moses. He's also making sure that we know that God's still in the midst of what Jesus is doing, Mm -hmm. which is that whole reference to the baptism. He's still on the right track, even though you guys are going to be wondering about that in a little while. Yeah, like this is still part of the plan. This is still part of the plan. We're on track. You're in the midst of it. So we have the Moses connection. And then this story also fits into the rest of how Matthew's telling the story, obviously. But we have this problem all the time where this is a story we hear separated from the rest of the text. Right. We just do a little piece at a time. We do a little piece at a time and then we don't get the full answer, but we also don't get the full mystery. So in chapter 16, Jesus has been having the discussion with his disciples about who do you, who do they say that I am? Mm-hmm. And Peter has said, you're the Christ. And then almost immediately doesn't like what that means. Right. Because he hears Jesus explain. He says, yep, and that means I'm going to die. Right. (laughs) And Peter's like, Like, no. And then Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. And we go on from there. That's that that connection, uh, you know, to temptation. And how do we live with this knowledge? How do we go forward even if we think forward isn't exactly what we would want but it's where god's leading us tension right and this is where i think we get up on the mountaintop the disciples hear this voice they like fall over they're in fear right Mm -hmm. they like faint which is like their typical response to everything So just so you know, it's I just... It's the Scooby-Doo moment when everybody... It's Scooby-Doo moment, right? Everybody cowers from the ghost and then you take off the sheet and it's old Mr. Henderson, the groundskeeper, every single <laughs> episode. Time. And yeah. we're always surprised, but it's we're always surprised. Mr. Henderson, the groundskeeper. Right. Right. Um, right. This is the moment before everything has been unveiled. And Jesus tells them it's going to be all right, but this whole event, like, like it's awkward and weird and it, and it doesn't have a simple answer and we're sitting with this. And Jesus then intentionally tells the disciples... They can't talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it seems to me like Peter is probably an external processor. <laughs> so... Which has got to be really hard. It's got to be really hard for him to hold that one in. Right? Yeah. But I think there's I think there's a reasoning behind that. I think that when we tell a story to a friend, and we're sort of, like you say, externally processing, mm-hmm. right? When we're talking about, sometimes the story doesn't hold. Like, we, we exaggerate, not with any Usually maliciousness. Usually for comic effect. Comic effect or drama, right? We tell the story, right? This is already a story that doesn't really have anything, like, there's no structure to hang it on. Yeah. Right? They're already going to There's no, like, I was going to the grocery market. And, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to work it into a conversation. Speaking of Moses, Moses. the other day. I had this really strange experience with Jesus. Yeah. But I think what, what, what Jesus is trying to help the disciples do is to sit a while with all the questions. Without the answers. Without the answers. And that sometimes that's our call. Our instinct, our human desire is to to solve it all. Mm -hmm. But the real work is to sit, is to be with what we know and to listen to what God's saying in that, to not expect to have the answer right back at us. Right. And that sometimes we have to do that for a week Sometimes we have to do that for a month. Sometimes we have to do that for a season and not just necessarily, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall, but like some We have all sort of those of, in Reno, by the way. But but one set Another of time. Another meteorological fact. <laughs> but for a set of time, we've yeah, got to be yeah. holding this stuff, right? Yeah. So, and that might be all of 2017 this year. It might be, you know, some other... Stretch of time. Stretch of time. But we've got to hold that and work with that and, and be present to that in ways that help us understand where God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's certainly true of some things and not all things. Right. And I'm not saying all things. Right. right yeah, no, right. I hear what you're saying. I, I think it, it's helpful for me to clarify that like we're not talking about science here. No. We're, we're not talking about Mm-mm. detectives solving murders. No. We're, we're sort talking of talking about... about the God stuff. The God stuff. The, I don't know where my life is leading. Right. I don't know what's happening with this relationship. I don't know... Exactly. Uh, if exactly. Some, if there's a big change coming, how to handle it, how to cope with it, how to right. absorb it into my life. I don't know how to do all that stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that sometimes it's a wait and see. Right. And sometimes it's, well, there's some things that you can do along the way. And it's active waiting. I don't, I think the interaction with mystery, with the divine mystery, with, with the divine mystery of our own life, with how God is working, how God is, who God is in our lives is not passive. Right. Ever. It involves being attentive and it involves being aware and it involves seeing those things that we might miss around us. And so I think that that's the thing about about mystery and about this passage and about this story. It's really fascinating, right? So usually we end this, we, we talk about this passage and it's, you know, don't tell anybody, right? And we never quite go back to it. Yeah. Because... The- Hey, three months later, hey, you guys haven't told anybody, have you? But this thing happened? Just reminding you. Okay, off we go. Well, but there is evidence that Peter calls upon this experience when he talks about the resurrection later. But of course, the way the lectionary is built. You don't see those two things together. No, well, we see it together, but we see it today versus like... After the resurrection. So so say more about that. What does Peter say? I mean, this is the story that he tells, obviously, because it's the story that that was told over and over again and eventually Right, but I think he alludes to it. He says, you know, I I saw his glory. 
Oh, okay. I saw his glory. It's that kind of a comment. Peter is talking about how his experiences, including this experience on the mountaintop, Mm -hmm. shape his ability to say, it's not over. It's not over. And this is what we're going to do now. This is what we're going to do now. And it's part of the preparation because I think... Sometimes when Jesus makes them do this again and again, this waiting thing. Like, so it happens again after the resurrection when Jesus says, I know you guys are all gung ho right now, but just chill until the Holy Spirit comes and then you can go. Right. Like, like, this happens over and over again where Jesus is like, just hang on. Just before you jump on your high horse and ride off into the sunset, like, there's something that you have to get that you haven't gotten yet. Right. And it's just going to come with time. Well, and we do that too. Mm, Oh, yeah. Just maybe. Uh, mystery is one of those places that helps us go, what haven't I figured out yet? What is God trying to tell me? And then how does that help me? Mystery is not like this like little category of life, right? It's part of what is in the midst of what we're doing. And when we get too caught on one side or the other, we can, we can tend to veer off in directions. But when we let mystery inform our actions and our actions help us, un- like it, it's a synergy that is powerful for us so i basically said you know when you come down off the mountaintop sit with it sit with it Hmm. i gave the example of like having the experience of having gone to camp and you try and explain camp to the person who didn't go it never works it never works it never works because they're like you got mosquito bites and you there was a campfire and there was food and there were other kids there Tell me why this was awesome. Right. And you what, can't quite explain, explain it. it. You can't. You, you got to go, you got to experience it, you and gotta, then you got to come back to normal and realize that that, that, was special. It, that that was special. That was special. And there's a lot of that in life. It, sometimes we just need to hold the mystery of why something was significant to us mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it significant for everybody else. Yes. Because it's, it's your mystery. It's your Yeah. Greg, Greg Berkowitz tells a story about a youth leader that he used to work with who would tell the kids about what they were going to do. And he would say, you know, we're going to go to this place and it's going to be so meaningful. And then we're going to hear the speaker and everything he says is going to be so meaningful. We're going to play games and they're going to be so meaningful. (laughs) And then we're going to do this and it's going to be so meaningful. And like he raised the level so so high high. by talking about how meaningful everything was going to be that everybody was afraid to even get involved. It was one, intimidating. Right. But two, it was like he'd set the bar so, so high, high that everything had to hit that bar or everybody was going to be disappointed. Wait. And so instead of telling everybody how meaningful it is, just let them experience it and create their own meaning. I think back, you know, those mountaintop, those, those significant experiences, often sometimes are not repeatable. Right. Like I remember when I was a youth leader, we had this awesome lock-in, hey, you know, six or eight kids. Partway through the evening, we lit a candle and put it in the middle of a circle. We were all like laying with our heads in the circle. Mm-hmm. And it was a really deep experience mm-hmm. didn't work at the next lock-in yep because the dynamics are different and the, and the kids, kids are different, different and, and you've got different place, things on and, your mind yeah. and, and they came with yeah. different expectations you know, like, so i get kind of annoyed like i like tradition and ritual mm-hmm. sparingly right very sparingly because otherwise everything becomes tradition everything becomes ritual and everything loses its meaning and i'll say more about that in the next episode of the podcast right. but uh one of the things that annoys me and i'm sorry all of you who love ssp but the candle ceremony at the end of ssp <laughs> They have a candle and they pass it around and everybody says one thing that's significant to them. I have kids who are repeaters to SSP and when they go back, they spend the entire week trying to figure out what they're going to say at the candle ceremony instead of just being where they are and experiencing what they're experiencing. And so it, it becomes built up so high that they put so much pressure on themselves that they're not actually where they are. Right, when and we do that about there. a lot of things. There's a difference between paying attention mm-hmm. to what's going on and noticing where God's moving mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how you're going to tell the story later. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. And when and you I, try and, and figure out how you're going to tell the story. And as a preacher, I'm guilty of this. Right? Oh, we all are. When you're trying to figure out how to tell the story later, you're not paying attention to what's going on. And that's some of what Jesus is saying, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're walking down the hill here. And I know you guys are already thinking about how you're going to explain this to everybody else in the group. Stop. Knock it off. Yeah. Because you guys need to sit with this and figure out what this really means for you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to mean something different probably to each one of you. And it's going to be so meaningful. Yeah. It's going to be so meaningful. <laughs> it's going to be so meaningful. It's going to be the most meaningful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it might be. It might be. You know, it might It be. might not be. And not everybody's mountaintop experience is for everybody else. Oh, gosh. This no. is like there are some groups that get in trouble for this because they go away, they have a wonderful experience, and then they peer pressure all of their friends, friends into going. And they tell them again how meaningful it's going to be and how special it is. And their friends go, they may not have the same experience, and that's okay. But when it becomes sort of the bar for whether or not you're a spiritual person or the bar for whether or not you're you're part of the clique, yeah, then it it becomes problematic. So what I leave with is, you know, let's let's sit in some mystery as it comes up in our lives and see see where God is. Cool. Okay. So thanks, Susan, and thanks for listening to you, to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, perhaps something meaningful, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com and get a hold of us there. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, uh, and a number of other places. And... The scripture today is from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. At the end of worship, we do a benediction, a sending forth, a blessing. My sending forth for you is is to be with mystery, to let mystery be a part of your life, to sometimes just be okay, to not have all the answers, to not exactly know where you are going, to turn off your GPS, so to speak, and to just be in the moment. Sometimes we get going in such a direction that we miss the stuff along the way. And part of this amazing journey with God is to be in the midst of the stuff along the way. Sometimes that's hard. I know. Sometimes that's easy. And thank goodness for that. But let's try it in all forms and in all ways to be aware that there is mystery in the world and that we can be a part of it. Amen? Amen. Amen.